Hello. Something hard to talk about tonight. So we're still in the age of COVID and we're now in the age of the protests for All Lives Matter. And we have a picture from the New York Times in Midtown Manhattan some days ago on the process called kettling. And we have our kids that don't always pay attention to the world around them. So we're going to talk about that just to get started. We have a small team working on a workshop, a blog post. If you all have some ideas, we surely want them. This is a team effort here. These are my thoughts as I've been chewing on this. So for, for the kids who are not paying attention all the time. So let's say it could be developmental delay. Let's say it could be just very distracted. Let's say they don't pay attention in joint attention. They're in their own little world. Let's say they spend most of their time stemming or when we try to get their attention, they walk away or ignore. So this happens at my house and I'm really working with John uh, <laughs> with consequences he's not, not liking, which means he's losing all of his electronics and their cords that go with him. If he walks away from me when I'm trying to talk to him, one of these days we're all going to be back in the classroom or back in, to life in, as somehow how, whatever it returns to. We won't all be hiding in our houses. And our kids have to be okay with that, all right? So if it's a, like a haze all the time and he's not paying attention and then he thinks it's really funny and then he does the monkey talk and then he makes an inappropriate, developmentally delayed joke, whatever topic, and he's not in the moment, he's not mindful of emergency or he's not mindful of warning or danger or stranger danger or I'm getting trapped. Uh, there's no way out. How do I escape this? What's everybody else doing? Is anybody else showing fear in their face, in their body language? Is their intuition warning him, them, that they need to be alert, right? If they how are they getting those signals? So if they don't automatically have them, and most of our kids of developmental delay do not yet have them, right? Um, they stem, they walk away. I'm sure I'm not the only parent who's trying to make sure <laughs> the kid doesn't have that deep neural pathway and generalize to everything else that they do in their life that if they're not happy with some conversation, hey, I'll just blow my mom off, you know, walk away walk away from my teacher, walk away from coach, walk away from life, walk into the path of the bus, not pay attention on the parking lot. I mean, these are, you know, nightmare scenarios, right? Okay. So today we started working on this seriously because this post on kettling is haunting me. There's a photograph I saved from the New York Times. And yes, it's very graphic and, and it's not meant to do anything other than have us consider 
what would our kids do if they were in this situation? And all of a sudden, the auditory processing is challenged. The directions are coming at them. Stick your hands up in the air. Or they hear Miranda's rights coming at them 180 miles an hour. They're freaking out. They don't, they're mesmerized by the flashing lights. I mean, all the worst parts of why we have the group first responder supports when dealing with neurodiversity. All those worst parts were right back front and center with this again, okay? So please do not get caught up in whether you think protesting is conspiracy theory or not. Um, I did, oh, by the way, I did take John to a family-friendly protest in the neighborhood um, last Saturday. We ended up with a, doing the Cupid Shuffle on the sidewalk. So it, there was no danger. But I, I, I was, I'm trying to talk to him about these consequences of life at the same time not freaking him out and giving him an inappropriate understanding, right? So I'm not using the word death or kill. I'm using the word hurt. And I'm trying not to make it any specific group. I'm just trying to always generalize to we have to be kind to everybody all the time. And even this summer, with the kids that we have and don't have and back have them, have them again in the house with the neighborhood and the multiple ages and, and the, the rising puberty awareness and the boy-girl stuff, I'm trying to talk to all of those kids at any day that we're together is that whoever's there, we're not spying on each other, we're being kind, we're being friendly, we're being kind to everybody. So those are kind of my go-to phrases, kind to everybody, and, um, and well, that's it, really. <laughs> so um, just trying to build a really strong neural pathway toward that. So back to what I'm starting to work with him now. We've always been trying to work on stranger danger, right? Which is ironic because we spend so much time trying to help our kids toward um, social skills and look at them when you talk to them and smile and be friendly. Well, then we have to slap on stranger danger. Well, now we've got an, an, another template to all of that. So I'm trying to get him to pay attention to my voice or the faces of other people or if he hears a, a voice that sounds like it's stern or direct. And I'm not, we're not talking about gangs here, all right? We're not necessarily talking about um, getting in the, the wrong peer group or... There's a lot of complexities to this, right? So will John ever be a leader? Maybe, sometimes. Is he more likely to be a follower? Probably. And so then part of that is helping him learn, even when I'm not around, to help him. Which kind of peers, um, neurotypical peers or, or neurally diverse peers, but which kids are the ones you want to hang with? Which are the, which are the, the ones that will, will not get you in trouble or will get you in trouble? So we, another key phrase that we use all the time is good choices. And I try to talk to him about a moral and courageous and brave and good choices and morality, um, these intangibles, integrity, character, um, intangibles. So sometimes hard to, if nothing else, I go back to hard way, easy way, but it really needs to be, um, it's a sophisticated way for our kids to think. So again, trying to train him to, if he looks at my face and my face is not happy and he can say, Mom, you're not happy. And I can say, that's right, I'm not. Or if, or we'll do this frequently. We'll start over and try again, which 
we're talking about parenting in that case, but what I'm specifically trying to work with him on now is I said, okay, you know what? We're going to start this game. Uh, and I've written about um, the uh, um, I'll Never Leave You in the Store game in a previous blog post about an adventure there in a retail situation. And so since that time, he knows I will never leave him in the store and he has to find me. So we're going to make... I didn't know how to process this kettling thing or if our kids got stuck in the wrong place at the wrong time. And it doesn't have to be with the, with the, the, the first responders that are police officers that are trying to break up a, a protest in the street. It could be all kinds of wrong places at the wrong times, right? All times of day, all geographical locations, and what happens when you're not here anymore, mom, dad, grandparents. So... Um, I said, all right, you know what? We're going to call this the emergency game. And so from now on, anytime you hear, see, think that there's an emergency, I want you to tell me and we'll match them. Because he definitely understands sirens. And he'll say, oh, somebody's in trouble. So what we're going to work on is the positive side of this is, so how can he start to recognize when emergencies happen? And then we'll try to move into the, the nuances of danger compared to emergency. And I say, okay, John, like you, you, you cannot stem. You have to listen to what I'm saying. You cannot walk out into traffic. You cannot be joking around about something when someone's trying to be serious. So I'm trying to explain what's serious and what's goofing off. He, I think he gets that. Um, what's kind to someone and what would be nervous laughter? I know some kids that have a nervous laughter, so that's inappropriate and the timing's going to be all wrong. But their neural pathway is pretty strong for that habit. If they get in trouble and they don't know what to do, and even if they're in a group of people and they laugh, it doesn't come across as synchronized with everybody else. It's, it's just their sensory integration is a little bit off, right? So the message for expressive speech and expressive laughter is out of whack. So we have to work through that as a habit. But instead of trying to make this all gloom and doom and, and duress and, and fear, that's going to just shut down the cognitive processes, um, we're going to make a game, see how well we can do with a game. And so maybe you all have some ideas. John, what is the, what's the tone of voice that you hear? Look at my face. Um, I, I'm really trying to help him pay attention to micro-expressions, right? Those little fleeting looks that, that go across your face. Um, if you're watching a video of events and you freeze it and you just go frame by frame by frame, you can see many micro-expressions of, of, of all types on all people. And they, our kids need to know how to interpret those and, and even use those. So if he makes an inappropriate response to someone, um, says a dumb thing, right, or laughs at the wrong time or makes a bad joke or does something developmentally inappropriate for his age, and we are rising puberty, so I bet you get my drift, then I make him apologize to the kids. And if it's a really particularly bad one, there's notes of apology that he's going to have to write. And then we try to talk through it and we practice him saying it after me. So I will give him the words. I will give him the sentence. He has to say it after me. And I'll say, nope, that's not good enough. He'll do it again. He'll squawk like a monkey. Nope, that's not good enough. Until he find. Well, I'll say, what? What? He'll say something to me. And now that phrase comes out of Zathura. If you remember, Tim Robbins is the dad and the teenager who ends up going into, into the Twilight series, right? Kristen Stewart. She's the teenager there, laying in bed, smarting off. And he goes, what? And she says it again. And he goes, what? 
So it's a pre it's funny. So John gets that where that joke comes from. We love Zathura. So if he smarts off to me with some kind of an answer that's inappropriate, I'll go, what? Or I'll make a funny face. I'll fade my prompt as much as possible just to let him realize whatever he's saying isn't isn't right. It's not getting registered. He's not listening to me. Um, he's going to lose friends. And in severe cases, I even use that word, those words with him. Um, he does love to poke mom. He does love to try to get my goat. So my point in, in sharing this with you all tonight is um, trying to help him realize we're going to make it a game, but serious. And it could be that our kids get, um, let's say they go down to the grocery store to buy something and they just get busted. Not even, not even sure what color your kid's skin is. Okay. But if they can't expressively answer the questions that come at them, well, they're going to be vulnerable. And there's so many other situations that keep you awake at night. Well, now it's even more front and center with this concept of entrapment. And we're going to work on this game theory. We're going to gamify a better way to react, to get our kids to, you know, um, if something emergency happens, for them to be aware. Look around. Pay attention to what's happening around you. Do you see an escape hatch? Do you know what your, your plan of, of departure is? Um, do you have an exit strategy? These are big fancy phrases, right? But I'm going to get him to think about that. So if we get into something, how do you get out of it? Now, we do also practice wherever we go somewhere, I make him get us back to wherever, like if it's back to the car or back out of the store, follow the trail of breadcrumbs, John, get us back to where we were. So we're already doing that backward chaining for, and have been for a very long time. Okay, so send me your thoughts. I'll, I'm going to post this. We've got a lot more to think about. Um, I'll let you know how my uh, next days of, of uh, uh, testing huh, goes with John. Um, it's heavy on my heart, and it should be heavy on all of our hearts to help our kids to be good citizens and to understand what's an emergency and what's not, and to um, read the tea leaves, look ahead. What are What's everybody else doing in the crowd? Is it time for me to step back, step forward, step to the side? What should I do? And I have to go with my gut because there's no one else here to tell me. So it's really more of an adult thing than for our young kids. But you know what? Your kids are going to get bigger sooner than you think. So, oh, there's another scene from the movie Duck, Duck, Goose. I never saw it at the theater, but kids are watching it on cable. And there's this great scene toward the end where these two little ducklings are arguing with themselves and they don't see the bad guy coming and all the rest of the little ducklings flee and go into hiding. But these two that are squabbling unaware of their surroundings, man, they're grabbed by the neck and off they go to the kitchen. And it's, 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 it's horrifying. At the same time, it's like, yep, that can happen because I've seen my son stem and not paying attention to the cars in the parking lot. Or I've seen him just in a daze and not, not attending to what's around him. So anyway, we got work to do, but we do, we can make this work it as a game and we can definitely build neural pathways, and it's going to take all of us working together, okay? All right. Talk to you soon.